So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space 102 FM, which is a Come and See Inspirations production, being produced in our Come and See studio here in Ada. And this is 16th of May. It's the Feast of the Ascension of the Lord. My name is John Keeley, and thank you for joining us this morning. And helping me to present the programme today, my good and trusted friend, Shane Elbrose. Good morning, Sir Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? Good. Thank you very much, Neil, for joining me, Shane. And also those listeners who continue to listen to us and encourage us and pray for us. Because I know that because they tell me. Thank you so much for, for sharing with us. And of course, if you do want to get in contact with us, our text number is 087-6088-667. That's 087-6088-667. Or email, come and see inspirations at gmail.com. Our programme, of course, is broadcast each Sunday at 10 a.m. and 11 p.m. here in West Limit 102 FM. And of course, the podcast of the Sacred Space uh, 102 FM and some of, I just some of the Come and See Inspirations podcasts available for playback and download on our Come and See Inspirations page. Just Google Come and See Inspirations and you'll find us there. It's Come and See Inspirations at buzzbread.com. But we're also available to be heard on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and other platforms. And more recently, we've put up um, we, we put up podcasts of our programs on Facebook. Again, just search for Come and See Inspirations on Facebook and you'll find us there. We put up a weekly program and also a midweek, something from the archives, something that might be going back to 2010, 2011, uh, something that might be pertinent to what time of the year it is. But do the best we can. But anyway, Facebook, Come and See Inspirations. Um, and again, if you want to contact us, i just remind you again of the text. It's 87 or email Come and See Inspirations at gmail.com. So at this point of the programme, we invite Shane to share with us Saints for the Week. Thanks, Shane. Thanks, John. So before I dive into the Saints of the Week, just a couple of things to bring to people's attention. So um, today, as John said at the top of the programme, is Ascension Sunday, uh, or it's the Ascension of the Lord. And um, so obviously next Sunday then is Pentecost, which is, of course, the, the last Sunday of the Easter season, and it closes out the Easter season. So we're coming to the end. This is your last week to eat all that chocolate, folks. So we're coming to the end of the Easter season, but it also means, uh, just to bring to people, that the, there is a Pentecost mission to be held, which is being hosted by the diocese, and it's on May the 19th to the 22nd. And basically, each night there will be a uh, reflection from, from, from different people. So starting on Wednesday, the 19th of May, the first night is with Olive Foley, uh, who we had on the program a couple of weeks ago talking to us about the Children's Grief Project. And she's going to reflect on coping with loss. Uh, Thursday, the 20th of May, Eva Walsh, who works with Youth Ministry in the Diocese, is journeying with young people in a changing world. On Friday, the 21st of May, it's Jane Mellis, who we've also had on the program previously from Trokra. And Jane is going to be talking about becoming a greener household and parish. And then finally, there's a Pentecost prayer vigil on the Saturday, and that's been led by Bishop Brendan. So, and all of those things are happening each night at 8 o'clock on the Diocesan Facebook page. And I think there will be links off of the Diocesan website for those that want to find it. So that's Starting May the 19th through to the 22nd, 8 o'clock each night, a diocesan uh, Pentecost mission. Now, the other thing just to say to people as well, we brought up a couple recently. Um, Pope Francis's general weekly audiences. So this is the audience on a Wednesday the Pope has. 
And his recent audiences have been focusing very much on prayer. And I thought this one's weak. I thought this one might be of interest to people. I just said I'd flag it to you if you wanted to read it. It's available on uh, vaticannews.va if you want to find it. And Pope Francis spoke about the struggle of prayer this week. And it's, um, it's interesting. I just The line that jumped out at me was, Christian prayer, like all Christian life, is not a walk in the park. None of the great people of prayer we meet in the Bible and in the history of the church found prayer comfortable. Prayer certainly gives great peace, but through inner, but through inner struggle. Prayer, praying is, something, is sometimes not easy. All godly men and women report not only the joy of prayer, but also the tediousness and fatigue it can bring. Some, uh, silence, prayer, and concentration are difficult exercises, and sometimes human nature rebels. And it's a wonderful reflection where he encourages people to deal with the realities and the practicalities of prayer and how to maintain a prayer life. So I would definitely recommend this to people uh, if you wanted to read it this week. So now, moving on to the saints bit, as John said at the top of the program, today is Ascension. Of course, traditionally, this would have been Ascension Thursday last week, and it's still the case in some countries, particularly on the continent, but in Ireland today is Ascension of the Lord. For those of us praying the Psalter, it's week three in the following week, and it's the seventh week of Easter. Monday, the 17th of May, is the Feast of St. Paschal Bailan. Uh, Paschal is a saint I hadn't heard of before, I have to say. He's a new one I came across. He is uh, Spanish. He's a Spanish saint. He is the patron of, let me see now, I found out what he was the patron of. Uh, he's the patron of cooks and the Eucharistic Congresses and shepherds. He's a Franciscan saint. Uh, he died in 1592 on the Feast of Pentecost, and he was born in 1540 on the Feast of, on the Feast of Pentecost, which was quite interesting. He was, a, he was a young shepherd from the age of 7 to 24 and was a good influence on his shepherd friends. He joined as a Franciscan lay brother and worked as a cook or a, do a doorkeeper, and he was renowned for his generosity, his courtesy, and his humility. While traveling in France, he defended the real presence against the blasphemies of a Calvinist preacher and narrowly escaped death at the hands of a Huguenot mob. Um, he was a counselor to the rich and the poor, and he's a particular favorite of saint in Spain and southern Italy and parts of Central and South America. Then Tuesday is the feast day of St. John the, John I, or John I. He was a, he's a papal saint. He died in 526 of thirst and starvation in a prison in Ravenna in Italy. He was uh, involved in fighting the Arian, heresy, Arian heresies, heresies, even, and he led a delegation to Constantinople to negotiate with the Emperor Justin I, and he was one of the first popes to travel to Constantinople. Then on um, Wednesday, we have another papal saint. It's Celestine V. Now, people might remember this man because his name was in the news a couple of years ago when Benedict XVI stood down as Supreme Pontiff because prior to that, the previous example had been Celestine. Celestine was the 11th of 12 children. He's an Italian saint. At the age of 20, he became a hermit, praying and working and reading the Bible, and he followed the Benedictine rule. Uh, at the time, there was a two-year conclave which the cardinals could not decide on the Pope, and Peter went up to Rome and gave out to them. And they basically turned around and made him the 192nd Pope. Unfortunately, Peter's or Celestine's skill set was more in being a hermit than in leading the church. And after five months, he submitted his uh, resignation to the cardinals. 
uh, due to the confusion and all the rest that he had caused, and he abdicated in December 1294, and he died in 1296 in Rome. Now, people might say, okay, how is he ringing the bell? A couple of years ago, uh, there was the whole discussion, of course, about Benedict XVI abdicating from, from the papacy as well. But also, prior to that, a number of years prior to it, Benedict XVI had visited the city where Celestine was actually buried, because Celestine is not buried in Rome. So it's just, it was an interesting one. And he left, uh, Benedict XVI left his pallium on the tomb of St. Celestine, which I thought was an interesting thing. Finally, Thursday the 20th is the Feast of St. Bernardine of Siena, born in 1380. Again, another Franciscan saint, famous for traveling throughout Italy, preaching with great success and promoted devotion to the Holy Name and to St. Joseph. And he died in 1444. Uh, also very much Bernardine of Siena, his writings and his teachings were involved as well with the... Um, Marian devotion as well. He's a patron against hoarseness, against chest patrons, uh, problems even, against lung problems, uh, compulsive gambling, gambling addicts. Uh, so just for those, because it's, uh, just in terms of his patronages that we have, that's Bernadine of Siena. Friday the 21st of May is the feast day of the Mexican martyrs. Now this is martyrs of the Mexican revolution that broke out in Italy, in Mexico rather, after the 1917 Mexican constitution was put in place. The 1917 Mexican Constitution was extremely anti-clerical and anti-church and led to many people um, being killed for the faith, both priests and lay people. So they are collectively remembered on the 21st of May um, as the Mexican martyrs. There was, uh, and they were executed in 1927 in Mexico. So that's who remember on the 21st. Then finally, on the 22nd of May, John, we have the feast day of St. Rita of Caskia, I think is how you pronounce her name. Rita has, is the patron saint of abuse victims against those dealing with infer, infer, infertility, against those in difficult, for those, sorry, in difficult marriages, uh, for those dealing with, uh, she's one of the saints of lost causes or impossible causes. The reason being that for many years she was married to a man who was quite abusive to her, her, hus her husband who was married for 18 years. He died, uh, he was murdered actually, and she later entered the Augustinian convent in Kastia and spent 40 years in prayer and charity and working for peace in the region. One of the interesting things about Rita is um, in the last four years of her life she was confined to bed but consumed little more than the Eucharist. And also she is uh, said to have had a devotion to the passion and in response she received what was called a chronic head wound that appeared to have been caused by a crown of thorns. So you'll often see pictures of St. Rita dressed in a black Augustinian habit and there is a, maybe a thorn in the center of her forehead or there's a light coming out from the center of her forehead. So that's how you'd recognize her in pictures. And like I said, she died in 1457 in uh, Caschia in Italy of tuberculosis. And isn't there, isn't there a little um, statue of her in the Augustinian church in Limerick? Yes, she is on the right-hand side as... No, sorry. Mm, she is, yeah, on the right, yeah. Yeah, on the right-hand side as mm. you face the mm. altar, yeah. Very good. Shane, thanks a lot for that. Okay, just a few little notices that I've got here, just to mention them as they come to hand. First of all, I decided to go onto the Knock Shrine um, website just to see what was happening. And they, <clears throat> of course, they, they these days can't, as usual, ha as the rest of us have um, pilgrimages as usual, as normal. So they have some virtual pilgrimages. For Sunday the 16th, 
Uh, that's today. The Diocese of uh, Akinrai, uh, Clanfort in Galway. The Cyber Malabar pilgrimage and the Faith and Light pilgrimage. I'm not too sure who they are, but anyway. They're on the 23rd next week, the Diocese of Killaloo, SMA pilgrimage and the Palatine pilgrimage. And Sunday the 30th, the Archdiocese of Amar, Knights of St. Columbanus and Croatian Community pilgrimage. Anyway, so if people did want to on Sundays, um, 2.30 p.m. Rosie, 3 p.m. Mass, uh, you might want to just link into the Nach Shrine uh, website. But also uh, closer to home, um, in June, normally the Redemptive Church here in Nimic have the Novena, and this year it, it will uh, continue from the 18th to the 26th of June. 8 a.m., 10 a.m., 7.15 p.m. and 9 p.m., but they'll all be online as of last year. So that's 8 p.m., uh, 8 a.m., 10 a.m., 7.15 p.m. and 9 p.m. And they'll all be online. Now, as we normally have our 10 a.m. Mass uh, coming from Abbeyfield Church, uh, we'll certainly be able to broadcast a 10 a.m. session from the Redemptors there on the Sunday. Uh, I've asked 102 just to, just to put in a request to see can, can I have any more. Uh, maybe time slots that I might be able to um, to broadcast some of the other uh, sessions, but we'll have to wait and see what West Limit 1 or 2 can fit in for us. So anyway, that that's the Redemptist and also the Knox Shrine. So the spiritual communion prayer that we, we pray each, each morning. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul, since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as being already there. I unite myself wholly to you, Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Now, just before we go for our first bit of music, just to let listeners know that in part two of the programme today, Sister Katrina Kavanagh from the Dominican Sisters of St. Cecilia in Glentwood Street um, spoke with me early on this week to uh, just to advise listeners a little bit about St. Dominic and the reason why they are celebrating St. Dominic this year. It's been 800 years since the death of St. Dominic. So Sister Katrina explains a little bit more about uh, that celebration and also a little bit more about the Dominicans. Join us again in part two for that. So now for our first bit of music this morning, uh, we'll go out with a piece of music again. It's got this theme of Our Lady. It's entitled O Maria and it's from Emmanuel Community.
So welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space 102 FM. My name is John Keeley. And I'd like to welcome back again uh, to the program uh, Sister Katrina Kavanagh from the Sisters of St. Cecilia, based in Limerick, who joins us to tell us more about St. Dominic. St. Dominic, whose death occurred 800 years ago and is remembered in a special way this year by the Dominican family. So, Sister Katrina, thanks again for joining us today. You're most welcome. Thank you very much, John. Delighted to be with you. 
Okay, so today we want to speak about St. Dominic. Uh, some of us have heard about St. Dominic, some of us know a little bit about St. Dominic, but maybe you can fill us in on what we maybe should know about St. Dominic, as brief as you can. Yes, <laughs> certainly. Um, well, yes, our Holy Father, St. Dominic, as we refer to him, um, he's certainly one of the more hidden saints um, who always wanted to uh, deflect uh, any uh, publicity away from himself and to the Lord. Uh, uh, but his he was born in Calaruega in Spain in 1170, and he was first educated by an uncle who was a priest. And then he later went to Palencia to study arts and theology. Uh, and then he joined a chapter of the canons in uh-huh. Osma. Um, and so at that time, uh, he would have accompanied a bishop, uh, Bishop Diego, up to northern Europe on a diplomatic mission. But when he was crossing through the south of France, he discovered um, those who were practicing the Albigensian heresy. Um, and at that time, uh, St. Dominic had a great desire on his heart uh, to make Christ known to the pagans. Um, however, um, the those who were um, practicing this Albigensian heresy, uh, the Lord had a special mission for St. Dominic uh, to go back to them and uh, to to share with them uh, the truth, um, the truth that would, would set them free. Uh, and uh, subsequently, at the in 1206, in a little village called Pruy, uh, it was just at the bottom of the hill where Saint Dominic uh, was serving and served for ten years as a parish priest uh, in a village called Sanjo. Uh, he gathered a group of women together who converted from uh, Albigensianism. Uh, to lead the religious life. And so this was the first foundation, the first Dominican foundation, and it was of nuns. Uh, and their apostolate, and their apostolate to this day, is to pray for the salvation of souls and, and for the apostolic work of the whole Dominican order in the world. And so uh, St. Dominic, uh, eventually, uh, he, the uh, Dominican order, he established the friars, Uh, And then the sisters were established later. uh, And St. Dominic uh, encouraged the brethren uh, to go to those places of of teaching. So university towns and cities uh, and all over Europe. uh, And he died himself then in 1221 in Bologna. um, And he was canonized in 1234. Thanks for that, Sister Katrina. One of the things that most of us would know is that St. Dominic is said to have started the prayer of the Rosary. So can you tell us a bit more about that, please? Yes, certainly. Um, So maybe not started the Rosary, but certainly um, made a significant contribution to it. Um, So uh, during this time that he was in France and he was trying to convert uh, the Aspergensian heretics, uh, St. Dominic had, had great anguish uh, because he just was failing in his mission, it seemed, and um, he was really praying and offering sacrifice during this time. And uh, he it said that he had an apparition from the Blessed Mother, and she said to him, do you know that the weapon the Blessed Trinity wants you to use is uh, the rosary um, and to use the Hail Mary? So at that time, uh, people would pray the Hail Mary uh, 150 times 
um, and that was um, the, called the angelic salutation, um, and 150 was to represent the 150 psalms. And so she requested uh, that uh, to win these hardened souls and pre to win them over to God to preach the Psalter, this Psalter. And so St. Dominic set apart 15 mysteries of the rosary uh, and grouped them into the three sets of five decades each. Um, and this layout of the angelic salutation or the Psalter, this helped the Albigensian heretics to better understand and imitate the virtuous of our Lord um, and Mary. Thanks for that, Sister Katrina. So over the centuries, many religious orders, of course, have been created with a special link to St. Dominic. What are the main areas of ministry that the Dominicans are involved with, maybe including your own congregation? Yeah, so for over 800 years now, the order of preachers, as we're known by, so we have OP after our name, um, the order of preachers has sought to bring the truth that is Christ uh, to a world that's in need of evangelization. Um, so the motto of the Dominican order would be very truth, and then also um, to contemplate and to give to others the fruits that we that which we have contemplated, and that is the Lord. Um, and in our particular order, the Dominican Sisters of Saint Cecilia, that's specifically by giving the fruits of our contempla contemplation in the apostolate of Catholic education. And so, with love of this love of the truth and dedication to the Church, then um, our sisters um, have brought generations of young people. Um, to this message of Christ. Here in Limerick, uh, specifically, our preaching and our teaching um, takes the form of uh, catechesis and faith formation on various different levels. And thanks a lot indeed for that, Sister Katrina. So coming back to the Jubilee celebration, the theme this year is A Table with St. Dominic. What's that all about and how did it start? And... Yes, yeah. So you might ask, well, what's what's the table and that's being referred to. Um, and that is the Mascarella table. Um, and so uh, this was um, a, a table that St. Dominic is said to have uh, eaten with the brethren at, uh, and uh, it was in Bologna, and it's the refectory table. And uh, it said that St. Dominic sat there, but also performed a miracle uh, of multiplying the loaves of bread for his brethren. Uh, whenever uh, the, the friars wouldn't have any food um, of any kind, he would say, go and pray that, and the Lord will provide. And so one day that happened um, and the friars went out to beg and came back and still had nothing. So St. Dominic prayed um, and it said the two angels appeared in the refectory carrying two cloths with, uh, full with bread. Um, and this image of the Mascarella table then, uh, it seems to represent and celebrate that the order of preachers um, as a whole together because it's pictured with, uh, with 48 of the brethren around St. Dominic. Um, and rather than the focus being on St. Dominic, it's on uh, the, the community of the order of preachers. And actually this table, uh, this image, the Mascarella table um, that was painted, uh, this will be presented uh, during this uh, Jubilee year. Uh, it's just started back in March until October. 
Um, and it's the first time that all of the image will be together. It's previously been broken up and been um, found in, in different Dominican houses. Um, so that's uh, going to be uh, a beautiful way to, to celebrate uh, this Jubilee year. Uh, the theme then uh, is at table with St. Dominic and we're invited as the Dominican family across the world to contemplate on what does it mean for us to be at table with St. Dominic um, because he was a saint who enjoyed the fellowship with his brethren um, and gathering with the same vocation to preach God's word um, and sharing God's gifts. Uh, so we're invited to reflect on his life um, and work and inspire and encourage us uh, to do the same our brethren. And then finally, how does this table become a table for the breaking of the word and the breaking of the bread of life? And so this, um, this jubilee continues um, for the rest of this year. Are there any plans to mark the occasion in Ireland? What I have noticed on Facebook, this little um, few minutes um, um, one of your sisters given given a small little bit of a reflection for a few minutes every Tuesday. Is there something special about Tuesdays, Sister Katrina? Yes, there is. Um, so today is the third Tuesday in honour of St. Dominic. So we celebrate the 15 Tuesdays in honour of our Holy Father, St. Dominic, running up to his feast day on the 8th of August. Um, and this practice uh, started actually back in 1233 and uh, the cause of it actually was it was a great plague in Florence and so um, one of the priests in the Dominican convent there uh, asked the brethren uh, to do, do this um, to to pray for these 15 Tuesdays in honor of St. Dominic in order um, to fast and do penance uh, in order to get rid of the plague um, and in our community this year, um, the, the Dominican Sisters of St. Cecilia across the world, our sisters uh, are sharing uh, a few minutes reflection uh, for each of those Tuesdays. Um, so you're welcome to see those on um, our congregation Facebook page, um, or here our Irish Facebook page, or indeed also St. Saviour's Parish. Um, so you can check out any of those Facebook pages and you're welcome to share them with others. Then uh, in Ireland, um, the Irish province of Dominicans have uh, initiated monthly Jubilee webinar conferences. And so they're hosted and moderated by the Irish province for the whole Dominican family in Ireland. So friars, nuns, sisters and lay Dominicans in order to reflect uh, on this theme in uh, greater detail at table with St. Dominic. Um, and so that has been very fruitful so far. And uh, we look forward to them every month um, just to be able to to share our charism, um, especially the different branches of the Dominican order. Uh, thanks for that now, Sister Katrina. So maybe there's somebody listening to the interview today who maybe would like to learn a little bit more about the life of maybe St. Dominic or maybe the life of a religious Dominican or even a lay oblate. You might just say a few little seconds on that. What would you tell them, please? Yes, certainly. Um, well, we have great resources, of course, on the internet. So um, obviously, if you have Dominican House nearby to you, um, uh, it, it's great to be able to, to visit and get to know Dominicans in that way. Um, but also, uh, probably to check out our own website, our, is if you Google Nashville Dominicans, uh, and there's certainly a wealth of information 
on St. Dominic and also on the order. Um, lay Dominicans then, just to speak to that, um, are the third order uh, Dominicans. They're a worldwide confraternity of the Catholic Church and they belong spiritually and canonically to the order of preachers. So like all Catholics, they're lay people who aim to show their love of Christ to others and to help others to follow Christ. Um, but then specifically, like the Dominican charisms, the means that they do use to do this um, are prayer and study, um, apostolic works, um, so good works uh, based on uh, perhaps preaching or teaching or charitable works, um, and conversation about God and things of God. That's something that's, that was always very notable of St. Dominic, and those who were around him said that he only ever spoke about God um, or to God. Um, and various preaching in, in various uh, different manners uh, or means. The Dominican laity, they don't make vows, but they do live according to certain rules and statutes. Um, and we're blessed to have um, a chapter of the Dominican laity here uh, that are very active uh, and uh, very welcoming here in Limerick. Uh, so if you'd like to get in touch with them, um, please just uh, contact St. Saviour's Dominican Church and we can put, them, put you in touch with them. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks uh, and again, thanks again for for sharing that wealth of information with us. Because uh, as I said, a lot of us would know little bits and pieces about it, but maybe we might take uh, keep Saint Dom Saint Dominic, but also um, all of your congregation, including yourselves, who are uh, performing so so much good work for the for the rest of us here in in Limerick, especially. So, just as we leave the interview today, is this is a piece of music you'd like us to play just to finish off, please? And why would you like that? Yes, certainly. Um, so St. Dominic, as I said, um, was always said to uh, be in conversation uh, with God or to God. Uh, and one of the ways that he would do this was while he was traveling uh, from one place to another, he would often sing um, and give glory to God in this way. And this is one of the hymns that he would sing. Uh, and uh, Ave Maristella. Um, and so in this month of May, um, the Dominicans, of course, uh, we have a, a special devotion uh, to Mary, uh, who brings us to her son. Uh, and so uh, this, just uh, listening to these words, uh, we can share in that contemplation uh, of the higher truth with St. Dominic. Sister Katrina, thanks a lot indeed for joining us today. And we'll certainly keep you guys in prayer as you, you, you continue to walk in the vineyard where the Lord has placed you. So until we speak Thank again next time. Thank you very much, John. God bless And know of our prayers as well. Thank All you. All right, God bless. God bless us. Bye-bye now.
So welcome back again to the third part of Sacred Space 102 FM. My name is John Keeley, still joined by Shane Ambrose. And again, thanks to Sister Katrina Kavanagh for sharing maybe a few things that we didn't know about St. Dominic, uh, this being the 800th anniversary of the death of St. Dominic. But now we'll come to uh, part of the, of the program where we read and reflect on the Word of God, uh, the Sunday Gospel. Before that, Shane always shares a prayer with us before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed and our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary Hughes, to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, Shane. So the Gospel for today, for the Feast of the Ascension, is taken from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, verse 15 to 20. Jesus, sh- Jesus showed himself to the eleven and said to them, Go out to the whole world and proclaim the good news to all creation. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. These are the signs that will be associated with believers. In my name they will cast out devils. They will have their gift of tongues. They will pick up snakes in their hands and be unharmed. And should they drink deadly poison, they will lay their hands on the sick who will recover. And so the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven. There, at the right hand of God, he took his place. While they, going out, preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word by the signs that accompanied it. 
So that's the gospel for today, Shane. I don't know if you've got a few thoughts to share with us, please. So today, yeah, as we said at the top of the program, today is, of course, the Feast of the Ascension of the Lord. And it marks, in the understanding of the life of Jesus on earth, it marks the end of his presence here. Um, whereas, you know, rather than, and it, it, it's, it begins the beginning of the end of the Easter season. Um, which accumulates cumul- or culminates even uh, nine days later by tradition, of course, with Pentecost. Now, obviously, we don't celebrate the nine days because Ascension has been moved to the Sunday. But um, by tradition, nine days later after with Pentecost, uh, with the coming of the Holy Spirit, which marks the passion, death, resurrection of Christ. So, and the and the foundation, the foundation of the church. Now, it's it's an interesting one, I suppose, to think about. I suppose often. For me, the piece of scripture actually that resonates so much in term for ascension is actually the Psalm, and it's Psalm it's Psalm forty six, and it's all peoples clap your hands, cry to God with shouts of joy, for the Lord the Most High we must fear, great King over all the earth. But it's the second verse of it that I particularly like. God goes up with shouts of joy. The Lord goes up with trumpet blast. Sing praise for God. Sing praise. Sing praise to our King. Sing praise. So it's just that, I suppose, in terms of the ascension, I suppose the question is, what does it mean for us? What is the whole point of it? And there's, there's different ways of looking at it. I suppose the first thing, of course, is it's the promise that's there for each of us um, as Christians when we do die. And we enter into the new life you know, of what after we die and the promise that we will follow Christ where he has gone. So I suppose that's the first thing. That's, I suppose that's what the symbol, the sign of the ascension is about. The second thing about, of course, is that it was the God had come down in the incarnation. Christ had come down to earth and walked amongst us, in us like all things, in all ways except in sin. And he was returning in glory to his Father. He was God was going back up to heaven. And I suppose, as a child, um, or as children, I suppose the way it's sometimes expressed to us is the idea that um, Jesus was reopening the gates of heaven. Now I think it's a very I think it's a very simple idea. I think it's a very you know it, it, it's a nice way of expressing something very concrete for us that in some ways we can get our heads around whether we're a child of five or six or seven or an adult of seventy or eighty or of ninety. That idea that where you know Christ has gone, we can follow. That idea of opening up heaven for all of those of us who are who call ourselves Christian. And that, I suppose, is what it's about. It's a message of hope this Sunday. You know, um, we're given a command what to do. And then, you know, the gospel talks about the great commandment. And then Jesus is Jesus ascends. But I suppose in terms of the gospel itself, it's one once more, Jesus, we, 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 we go back, sorry, first of all, we return to the gospel of Mark after the last number of weeks um, in terms of dealing with John. And it's interesting. Over the last number of weeks, we've had um, we've had a building up of of um, I suppose how we're viewed as 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 followers of Christ. We're no longer servants. We are part of the vine. We are called friends. And now this week, the gospel presents to us what that means. So there's been a growing sense of responsibility of what it means to be a follower of Christ. And go out to the whole world, proclaim the good news to all creation. He who is baptized, who who believes and is baptized will be saved. 
And I suppose it's it's that that is the command that's given to us. It's the second great commandment out of Scripture. Like in John's Gospel last week, it was the whole focus on love, love of neighbor, love of self. This week, the commandment is given that we are called to go out and spread that love and share that message and share the joy. Share the joy that is within you, is the line from Paul. And that is the command that's given in this week's gospel. Go out to the whole world, proclaim the good news to all creation. And actually, it was only this week, actually, that I first picked up on that interpretation or translation that's provided where it says, proclaim the good news to all creation. And it very much, of course, links in with what Pope Francis has been doing with Laudato Si and the whole focus and the whole shift that's going on at the moment in terms of climate justice and responsibility and awareness of the climate emergency and our role and our participation in that. Because, of course, there is an onus on us as Christians and as the whole world, really, to be proper stewards of creation. So it links very much in with this Sunday's Gospel. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. And it's that whole, he who believes, those of us who believe and are baptized will be saved. That's the promise that's given to us. That's the hope that's handed out to us. But it's, I suppose it's holding on to that belief that is the difficult thing. I'm sure many of us have had experiences where we're holding on to that faith and we're basically holding on by the, you know, the skin of our teeth, by the very tips of our fingers uh, in, what, in terms of what we can do. And it's interesting, you know, Jesus talks about these are the signs that will be associated with believers. In my name they will cast out devils, they will have the gift of tongues, they will pick up snakes in their hands and be unharmed if they drink deadly poison. And they will lay their hands on the sick and they will, who will recover. And often the tradition holds that these were the great apostolic signs that were available you know, to the apostles after Jesus' ascension. Um, and, the, and the things that we kind of, we, we associate with that time in church history more to speak. And then Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven. And there at the right hand of God, he took his place while they were going out preaching everywhere, the, world, the Lord working with them and confirming their work by confirming their signs. And I suppose that is, the, that is the thing, I suppose, that we have to be conscious of on this Sunday, John, is that idea that, you know, the ascension, I suppose, is situated in a time of transition that takes place between, you know, the resurrection and, and Pentecost. And it's a reminder to us, I suppose, that, um, that Christ was raised from the dead and then ascended into heaven. That's what we believe, that's what we profess, that's the line in the creed, the articles of faith that we hold. And we should always bear in mind, but we're not, we mustn't look for too much chronological order in the Gospels, because depending when you read the Gospels, John, the ascension happens pretty much on Easter Sunday. Uh, but with Mark and Matthew, with the synoptics, there's a period of time where Jesus is on earth, um, what we call the, the, the post-resurrection appearances. But we don't get too caught up in things like that. The, I suppose the, the principal thing is that what we have here is the sending out of the apostles on their mission, which is the responsibility that comes down to each of us today, the glorification of Christ in the, and in his ascension, and then that the, the, the apostles actually did leave, that they followed out that, that great command that was given to them. Um, I suppose the part of it that the question we have to ask ourselves as well this Sunday is that apost what's called the apostolic mission you know, go out baptizing the whole world and proclaiming the good news and how it fits to us, each and each each one of us. Okay, some people like, you know, priests and bishops, they have a particular role like the Pope, you know, they have a particular role in terms of that. But how does it work in terms of, for me as an individual, as I sit listening to the program this Sunday, you know, what is our role in mission? What do we have to do to share that good news? 
Uh, and that's the question that we have to ask ourselves. Um, you know, where what what is it that we do to share that good news with the people we meet in our lives every day? Thank you very much, Dave, for that. I picked up something very similar for myself, but you're doing great ideas, Dave. Thank you for that. Again, um, it spoke to me that line: "Go out to the whole world and proclaim the good news to all creation." We all have a responsibility and an opportunity to spread that good news of the gospel. In today's language, that people can understand, and emphasize that in today's language, Jesus, in his time, spoke parables, using everyday language of that of his day, explaining what he was about. And we all know through those various parables he used, he used things about the sheep and the vine and all things that people were used to in those particular in that particular day. But today, we have to use the language of our time and place. And it's pointless me discussing uh, points of faith or the good news of the gospel using the same language that I was taught 50 or 60 years ago. That day's gone. Whether we like it or not, these are different times. And the good news of the gospel is so important this, and still needs to be passed on that we've got to try to address that problem. And we all know we have problems uh, people of my own age maybe in connecting with people who are far younger than than myself maybe grandchildren, whoever so I need help and all I know is that the best help I can get is from the Holy Spirit so I need to ask the Holy Spirit to guide me and use me to connect with these people that I come in contact so that I can pass on the good news of the gospel in a way that these people can understand and, I, and, and as Shane said there we have to be reflecting ourselves on what do we have to do and how are we going to do it to act out our responsibility and our baptismal uh, responsibility, really, of going out and spreading that good news. And uh, just as Shane mentioned, Shane said he liked the, the part of the, um, of the leaflet there today, the responsorial psalm, I think it was you mentioned, but also that, also that gospel declamation. Go out and make disciples of all nations. I am with you all always till the end of time. So we're not alone, but we've got to ask for it. We can't just say, look, I'm going to do it my way, and this is what I think, and this is the way it is. No. Holy Spirit, how do you want me to be able to pass on the good news to people so as they can also enjoy what we're enjoying? Anyway, that's my little few bits and pieces to finish out the program this morning. Thanks again, Shane, for, for joining me and um, for passing on those those few thoughts first for the gospel it's so important that we, we do have that responsibility to go out and pr- proclaim the good news and also for the saints for the week thanks again for, for sharing those with us so now we'll go out with our final piece of music and a piece of music I want to go out with today is uh, this being the month of May we said we'd try and play a few of these bits of music um, uh, as we continue the programs in May this was from our good friend James Coban and this one is entitled Roses for the lady. God bless now and enjoy the week. Bye bye now. Bye.
White roses for our lady Amid a crown of thorns Oh 